This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Do you know the difference between warp drive and impulse power? Do you have an opinion over which design of the USS Enterprise was the best? Do you remember when Klingons didn't have ridges on their foreheads? If you answered yes to those questions, then chances are you're a Star Trek fan. I would like to invite you to listen to my new podcast, The Prime Direction. For 50 years, Star Trek has been affecting people from all walks of life, teaching life lessons and changing the lives of people all over the world. The Prime Direction is the story of those fans. On every episode, I'll sit down with a lifelong fan of Star Trek and trace their fandom back to the very beginning. We'll talk about their favorite characters, the toys they played with, and what their favorite series is. But more importantly, we'll talk about how the show has made their life better. So join me on The Prime Direction on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as our website at CosmicPotato.com. And if you'd like to be on the show, just send me an email at mail at CosmicPotato.com, and we'll arrange a time for you to tell me about your prime direction. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. eastern seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean. Sitting across the virtual table from me is John. How are you, John? I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? I'm doing pretty good. And also, back with us, uh, haven't seen her in a long time, but uh, hi, Chen. How are you tonight? Hi. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. But um, we're doing a series for several episodes. We, we've done a couple so far I did with Rick and uh, Anthony where we're just talking about some of our favorite Saturday morning cartoons or weekday afternoon cartoons, whatever. We did an 80s and 90s centered episode and we did a 60s and 70s centered episode. This one's just going to be kind of a mishmash of any time period that you want to talk about. Um, from your childhood or from now, if there's a cartoon that comes on now that you just love to watch. But, uh, hi, Chan. Ladies first. I have a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, and <laughs> a lot of them will actually be from the early 2000s, I will say. Okay. And probably from just the current age as well. Um, because even though I grew up in the 90s, I feel like a lot of those shows I remember are from the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love cartoons. They're one of my favorite mediums for uh, storytelling and stories, and I think that they get a bad rep. Um, Not for me. About... I, wa- I watch cartoons today. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> I like. I still watch like a lot of cartoons that are still being put out by Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon today, and like they still do some of the best storytelling that I've seen. Um, so we're sticking just to TV, right? Well, um, no, I mean not necessarily. You can you can pretty much talk about whatever you want to. Okay, well that opens a whole new bag. So I think I'm just going to stick to TV for now because I have okay. a lot. I don't. Yeah, if if we go into movies, that might be like 
a whole other podcast. So yeah, um, <laughs> TV and Saturday morning cartoons, just like the ones that were especially uh, significant to us. Yeah, well, see, I mean, there's so many cartoons out there. I mean, when I started making my list, I could probably make make a list of a hundred cartoons if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just kind of doing this series. We're gonna revisit it over time. We'll come back and do more episodes on this. But yeah, just just four or five of your favorite cartoons that you can remember. Oh, okay, I don't know if I can narrow it down to four or five. Can I just like yeah. rattle off a list? <laughs> just go ahead and name a few, and then we'll do another episode where you can name no. a few more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, most significant for my childhood was probably Sailor Moon. Um, it was an anime that ran from. It was in like it ran in the early '90s, so yeah, I guess a '90s show. Yeah. Uh, and it was about it was like in your magical girl uh, category of uh, anime. You have your school girl who was actually in junior high who just is like kind of a hot mess. Uh, she doesn't. She's always late to school. She cries at everything. But then it turns out that she's like this reincarnation of a princess from the moon like a futuristic type civilization that was on the moon and uh she and a group of four other girls are meant to defend the planet from evil and all those things and they transform in in these great makeup montages and have great powers and what i really love about sailor moon the character herself is that although she you know is a great butt-kicking feminist sort of action hero she still is very feminine and like cries over everything and isn't like your typical um just like strong because she uh only has masculine features so that's what i really loved about sailor moon and it was just it was just so much fun i actually did not have cable as a kid so sailor moon was only on i think toonami or cartoon network of, of some sort so my cousins would actually tape the episodes uh, on videotape for me and when they visited would bring it over and uh, uh-huh. these, as you can probably tell they were my favorite cousins for a long time and, <laughs> um, they actually even they had some craft skills too and they would make like one Halloween when I was like eight or something I wanted to dress up a Sailor Moon and they made me a Sailor Moon outfit and that was like the happiest I'd ever been in my entire life in my eight years of my life so yeah, yeah, that was very important to me. I never, I, I don't think I ever watched that. I mean, I know what it is. Of course, in the nineties, it was all over the place as far as marketing and everything in the stores and stuff. So I knew what it was, but yeah, I've never, I think Chrissy, okay. Chrissy, yeah, Chrissy was into that too back in that time. You know, I think, I think you and I, you and her are uh, in, close to the same age. So mm-hmm. yeah, I never watched it. I never, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it actually holds up pretty well. Um, the stories are very good and like all the characters are really strong and like very distinctive. You always, you have your favorites. It's like the, uh, what's the kind of like the four man, the five man band kind of thing you have. It's very distinctive character types with each one, but they're, they all come together in a really very special way. Um, anyways, I wanted to, uh, voice my appreciation for Sailor Moon, which still to this day is one of my favorites. I I love it so much that I even tried to slog through the reboot of it, Sailor Moon Crystal, which was not good. Um, 
<laughs> it was through Hulu, and actually, it it followed more closely the an, the manga storyline. The manga is a word for um, comic books, the actual comic books in Jap in Japan. Um, so those were like those came out before the anime. Um, so it was based more on that, but the animation is just so shoddily done. Yeah. Uh, it's you could tell that they they only had two weeks to do like every episode, and they threw it together, and it just like had a lot of missing frames. It was just, it didn't look good. And I think that, like, the animation has deteriorated in, like, the anime industry since the 90s. There are a lot more strong lines and stuff like that. But that's just details. I won't go into that. So, it was sad to see that happen. Um, okay, am I just, like, going through all my lists? or are we No, we'll go, to, we'll, go, we'll go around. I'll let John go, and then we'll, we'll come back to you. Okay. So, go ahead, John. What's your first pick? Um, well... Yeah, I'm, I'm um I'm like both of you guys. I have always been a fan of animation and still am. Um so, you know, it was kind of daunting to try to come up with like a list. Uh so I I decided to um narrow it down um to just like cartoons that somehow were were like um benchmarks for me like it it was the first cartoon that i ever saw that did this or it was you know that did this the best or introduced some new concept to me or whatever um so the first one on my list is um uh and i also didn't want to step on the toes of the cartoons that you've already mentioned in other (laughs) in other shows (laughs) um uh so the first one on my list is um a show that i loved when it came out i watched it when it ran uh this was the 90s uh it's recently i have I have a roku and there is a channel called um cartoon circus i think that you can get and they have every episode of gargoyles the disney show oh really yes um no. and you know they're they're, they're they're streaming they're free um yeah. they're they're a little bit out of order, so you know, I, I would I would uh, direct you to Wikipedia to make sure you get the orders and the get, make sure you watch them in the right order. But they 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 seem to have them all. I haven't watched them all yet, but it looks like they're all there. Uh, so for those of you who may be unaware, Gargoyles was this show. Um, the simple plotline is gargoyles are a race of creature. Um, and they turn to stone during the day. They're alive at night and they have an instinct to protect, um, and defend, you know, the area that they are in. Um, and a group of gargoyles from the 1400s or, or the 1100s. 1400s? It was a long time ago. Medieval Scotland. <laughs> um, no, it was like the 800s. Because <laughs> it, it was like a, yeah, it was a thousand years ago. Ye old age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Back in ye day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they... Mm, they live in clans, and the leader of this particular clan is called Goliath. And through a set of elaborate and well-written circumstances... Um, Five or six of his clans survive into the modern era, and um, it's about how they have to adapt to life in modern New York City. <laughs> it sounds a lot more sex in the city 
the way I just described it, but it's, <laughs> it's totally not. A fish out of water sort of a yeah. story. I yeah. Think. Actually, I think I did watch it when I was a kid, so I don't know why I'm like surprised by this story. <laughs> well, because it's so much better than the way I described it. Mm. So, like that that is the general plot, but it it was masterful in the way you know, like some shows. You know, they, they, they go science fiction or they go magic or they try to blend the two and it doesn't really work. Gargoyles was the first example that I've ever seen where science fiction, their science fiction made sense and was consistent. Their magic was consistent and made sense. They weaved in ancient myth, which I've always loved. That's like, you know, as, as you are to gothic horror, I am to like, <laughs> like ancient mythology. Um, they weaved in ancient myth. They weaved in Shakespeare, like the like the the world that Shakespeare created is like part of their reality. It's it's so well done. It's fantastic. There are like season long story arches. There are um, plot lines that are alluded to that are revealed way later, and when you look back, it all makes sense. It. I'm, I will always tip my hat to any kind of story where you can tell they thought the whole thing out from start to finish. Yeah. And, and so they sprinkle hints of this and, and, you know, obviously Harry Potter is probably like one of the best examples, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where the creator um, obviously knew what the whole story was. And so it is a cohesive story from start to finish. And Gargoyles did that, you know, and it did it so well, in fact, that, as I say, I'm rewatching it now and I'm getting references that they made that I just didn't get before. And I'm understanding (laughs) connections that they made that I didn't, that I just didn't get. And I'm seeing Shakespearean stuff. I was like, oh, they're Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. I get it now. You know, it's 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 great. It was great. Still is great. I highly recommend it to everyone. Yeah, Disney did a lot. They did a lot of cartoons in the '90s. You know, they had the Disney Afternoon and all that kind of stuff. But Gargoyles was the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that was really kind of dark. You know, they were really yeah. they were they were known more for their lighthearted comedy type series. Uh, they did a lot of. TV series based off of some of their movie properties like Little Mermaid and Aladdin and all that right. was all lighthearted stuff but but yeah Gargoyles was a little more dark and there was a lot of there was a lot of Star Trek people involved in there too there were that was yeah actually I didn't even think to mention that but yes it was they had an all-star cast yeah like, like Jonathan that, Frakes and Marina Sirtis and uh, Michael Dorn were on there pretty regular I think right. Jonathan Frakes probably directed and, and wrote some of the episodes as well yeah, Jonathan Frakes plays uh, Xanatos, who is a major, major, major character. Um, and he was also... He, he goes up in the pantheon of, like, best villains ever. Yeah. Because he, he's basically... He's, he's, he's like... Lex Luthor meets, meets Tony Stark, but he's not particularly evil. He's just completely <laughs> manipulative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he, he has no, he's never out for vengeance. You know, he's never, 
unpredictable, which is also good. Um, if he if he needs to team up with the good guys, he's yeah sure to achieve his goals. No problem. If he needs to team up with the bad guys, whatever. He is he's always like two steps ahead, which in if done wrong can just be irritating. But it's not like he's infallible, you know. And and you don't find out until later that okay, well this part of my plan didn't work, but you know this part did. That's why I made it that way. It, it is it's yeah. Yeah, a, a a a new appreciation as I'm watching these shows again. It's really really good. The only kind of fault I would say with it kind of isn't its fault, which is uh, the animation can be inconsistent. So on, um, you know, you can definitely tell the difference between the the episodes where they're like, okay, a major thing is going to happen in this episode. And it gets the quality of animation that, you know, like the premiere had and like the, the finales have and the big episodes have. Yeah. And the ones that are more, um, filler. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's not like the animation is bad. Yeah. It's just not as good. Like, I mean, you know, there's no, there's not as much shading. The, it's, you know, the movements are smooth. Yeah. But, you know, as complaints go, like, I mean, the writing's still good. The acting's still good. It's, you know, the story is still the story. But it, it does distract a little bit um, when um, the characters just don't look as 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 polished as they do in yeah. other episodes. Well, my first pick, I'm going to go back to the 80s. This is a series that was on in uh, 1987. Uh, if you guys remember the sitcom ALF. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've heard. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, you I've ever heard, heard of it, it but okay. I've never seen it. Okay. I think I've only heard of like the animated version. Yeah, that's what, that, that, that's what I'm yeah, going to talk the about. Animated the animated version, version is arguably better. Yeah, the the sitcom was uh, Alf was an alien from the planet Melmac that crashed into this uh, family's garage and they let him live there and in secret and didn't tell anybody that he was there and you know hijinks ensue. Um, but, but, uh, that, the, the sitcom started in 86. Well, in 87, they did what Saturday morning did a lot back then, which was cash in and make a, a cartoon for Saturday morning. And they, it was, I don't know if they just called it Alf or Alf the animated series. Anyway, his name wasn't Alf on the show because it, on the show, it was supposed to be like a prequel where they were back on his home planet and his name was, um, Gordon, Gordon Shumway, yeah. So <laughs> they did like the at the beginning and at the end, you'd see Alf and he'd read some fan mail, and then they do a little cartoon story in between and and all of that. But uh, towards the end of the series, they changed it and made it to where he was kind of reenacting old fairy tales and stories like Robin Hood and Jack and the Beanstalk and stuff like that. So, which a lot of the shows kind of did that back in the eighties and the early nineties because they kind of ran out of ideas <laughs> you know alvin and the chipmunks did that too where they just stopped doing uh original stories and started like doing parodies of films and stuff like batman and stuff like that so but yeah alf uh that cartoon lasted from 86 to uh no 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 the cartoon only lasted for two seasons the the sitcom yeah. was on for um for like four years or something, but, and, and then they, they came back and they made a movie several years later where they tried to wrap up the whole 
storyline and stuff because at the end, if you ever watch, which I'm going off into the sitcom now, but if you ever watch the last episode of the sitcom, Alf gets hauled off by the government and then the series is over (laughs) because they were supposed to come back for another season and it got canceled. So the very last episode of Alf is one of the most depressing shows. (laughs) He got taken off by the government and you think, well, they're going to, dissect him or something because that was the joke through the whole series that if it was caught they would dissect him you know <laughs> so being a kid watching Alf in the in in 1990 it was kind of kind of depressing <laughs> but yeah that was my first pick um was Alf and the the sequel series or continuation was called Alf Tales where they did uh, Robin they did Robin Hood and they did right. they did you know Jack and the Beanstalk and stuff like that so Okay, back to you, Hi Chan. Oh, I've been wondering if I should do exclusively anime because there are just so many great anime series out there that I cannot even touch on. But I think I'm going to go for another Saturday morning cartoon, that for me anyways, um, in the early 2000s. Uh, I know you talked about Batman, the animated series, but I want to talk about Batman Beyond. Okay. Which was a sequel to Batman the Animated Series and actually ran at the same time as the new Batman Adventures. Um, new Batman <coughs> Superman Adventures, I think. Um, so it's set in the, like, 50 years in the future, long after Bruce Wayne has stopped being Batman. Um, and it's kind of this very, it's set in, like, Neo Gotham, very, um, like 90s idea of the future neon mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. um <laughs> cyberpunks a lot of, a lot yeah. of rays, you know yeah. everyone's just wearing like really black lipstick which is Mohawks coming back now and, actually yeah. um <laughs> everyone looks gothic it's really cool um and it's about this kid terry mcginnis who kind of stumbles upon the older bruce wayne and discovers that he's batman and kind of takes the suit and uh, takes on the mantle of being Batman. Um, and after he initially takes a suit without permission, Bruce Wayne agrees to sort of like mentor this kid and becomes the sort of, uh, voice in his head literally because he has like a, what's the word? Um, like a radio in his, yeah, like a radio. Device, yeah. yeah. And, um, it, it's fun because like, it, Terry McGinnis is very un-Batman like character. He's very lighthearted. I think the concept was actually like, what if Spider-Man was Batman? So he's very um, yeah snarky, very um, just kind of talks a lot during like his fights. Um, while Bruce is just like, why are you talking? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're not scary comfy, enough. Yeah, comfy old man in the back. Be the knight. <laughs> it's really, it's a really great series because it doesn't rely too much on the Batman canon and um, the villains of that, of the famous iconic villains. It doesn't get weighed down by those things. It kind of creates its own villains, which are sort of reflections of the old Batman villains, but also new and fitting in with the Neo-Gotham theme. Um, Some of the best ones are, oh my gosh, I can't even remember all the villains, Um, but they have one of like a lot of the henchmen that are like around in Neo-Gotham, which is crime-ridden, of course, are called Jokers that are inspired by the Joker. And Jokers with a Z, by the way. Um, and they kind of are like, have bad clown makeup and kind of use the Joker name to just act as thugs and sort of, um, 
bully and terrorize the city. Um, what was the one that was the um, Batman Beyond? I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm looking up some of his villains be because they were pretty good. Yeah, uh, what I what I liked about um, Batman Beyond was that I said in a previous episode that the Batman the animated series is my favorite um, comic book ad- adapted uh, cartoon that of all time you know but that was the first one where they kind of knew that adults were going to be watching this more than kids so they weren't afraid to throw a swear word in there every every now and then well batman beyond was the first time that they said well the series doesn't really have to be based on one of our comic books we can make up our own our own thing and do and do a show that's just a show and it's not a comic book which i think he's in the comics now mm. but and you know kevin conroy was back as as batman bruce tim which who produced the cartoon the first cartoon he produced this one and um justice league later it became yeah. kind of like the the timverse that's what it's known as because yeah. <laughs> Uh, all these series became interconnected and, you know, in Batman, or I think in Justice League, they end up like going forward in time and they end up in the Batman Beyond universe. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, Houston. Static Shock was there too. Yeah, yeah Static Shock was there. Yeah, um, that was pretty cool actually. Yeah, that was, that was a good episode. Um, but yeah, there's, Batman Beyond was like one of the great examples of original storytelling based on a beloved comic. And I really love it. I can't figure out the name of one of my favorite uh, Batman Beyond villains. Uh, well, Blight was a good one, but that was um, one of his main ones. But I really liked the one that was very... Ink. That was her name. Ink. It was oh, yeah. one of the great, uh, best original villains I'd seen in, like, a Batman um, spinoff, I guess you would say. But, yeah, it's it's a really great series. I was actually a... I think it was the series that turned me into a Batman fan. Because before I had been watching Superman the Animated Series, and that show really appealed to me as a kid. I was only like, yeah. I don't know, I was under 10. I was like 7, 8, something around that age when I was watching it. So when they did the Batman-Superman movie crossover, I actually did not like Batman. He scared me. <laughs> and I was just like, why is this mean guy just like punching people? And he, like, really just, he was just like a villain, so I thought he was a villain for like a long time. But then I watched yeah. Batman Beyond and learned all that backstory, became a big Batman fan, and now I'm like number one Batman fangirl. So, um, as you were talking about Batman Beyond, um, I was curious how that happened because I know that you're, you know, you're all about Batman and you're all like devoted to the lore and, and the canon, but you were saying like the thing that you love about it is that, you know, it, it, it veered from the canon and, and, you know, they kind of, they kind of, you know, did what they wanted to do. So I was wondering like how you squared that circle, but it actually makes sense if you saw Batman Beyond, if that was your introduction, that makes sense. It was. Yep. So when I watched all the, or watched all the new Batman, all the Batman animated series stuff and read some of the comics, that was all new to me and it all, but it all like, kind of fit in it all it all like fit together basically yeah i wish they would have made a movie and they talked about making a movie for a long time i know they they made an animated movie that was like direct the video the return of the joker and all that mm-hmm. that was right. really good yeah uh, one of the best but, uh, batman animated films still yeah they um they they should have done a live action they, they talked about it for a long time and it got it got bumped i think of probably about the time that they 
did Batman uh, Begins instead. But um, but yeah, it, it, that would have made a good movie. Still my dream. I'm, they can do it any time because it's just like Batman in the future. So, yeah. But it's my dream. That's what I want. Live action <laughs> Batman Beyond. Okay. John, you got another pick? All right. Sure. I'm going to actually... Um... I'm going to throw in some honorable mentions before I do my next official pick. Um, Batman the Animated Series, obviously, we've already mentioned. Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, I'm sure I've mentioned before. Um, Schoolhouse Rock, I think, was I probably brought up before. But yeah, I, I mentioned that yeah. on the last one. But... Yeah, um, all of those, fantastic, groundbreaking in their own way. Uh, but for my next... One, I think I'm going to go uh, way back um, to the actually not even the 60s. November 19th, 1959, according to Wikipedia, was the first episode of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it still holds up. <laughs> yeah, that show, and 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 here's why. Uh, here's why it made my list of, of like. Great innovation. Um, you know, I was you know born and bred on you know, Looney Tunes, and to a lesser degree, uh, like Disney, like Mickey Mouse uh, type cartoons. Um, you know, where every you know it's it's action and it's zany, and things are flying and blowing up, and you're chasing and they're biting and all that stuff. <laughs> and Rocky and Bullwinkle was this sardonic. <laughs> You know the characters really didn't move a lot, and you, and basically they took their very minimal budget and they made it work, and they yeah. and they worked around the problem because the writing and the wit were so good. You know, it was basically uh, so uh, Rocky is a flying squirrel, Bullwinkle is a moose, they're best friends, and. You know, their their main villains, I guess, are Boris and Natasha, who are Russian spies. Which now <laughs> yeah. that I have the context of <laughs> where that was in in time, you know, in, in the uh, late fifties, early sixties, of course they're Russian spies. Um, but the jokes were it was it was almost vaudevillian. Yeah, um, you know, and it was, and it was this collection of, uh, little short, um, vignettes. They would usually do, I guess, three or four different things in episode. They would do two stories that actually featured Rocky and Bullwinkle, and they would always end on a cliffhanger, and they would always give two names for each episode, so, which I loved because, like, I do that. <laughs> like, like I can't decide which name is better, so I will say, um, you know. So today we're having, well, I won't, I won't actually do that about dinner. Dinner, I'll generally pick one name, but, <laughs> but no, like I, I, I appreciated that they didn't feel the need to just pick one. Um, so this is also the show that had um, Dudley Do Right was in this, uh, Mr. Peabody. And who was was a hyper intelligent dog, and his boy Sherman, <laughs> his and, pet slash yeah. adopted boy Sherman, and the Wayback Machine, where they would always have all these adventures in time. So it, it that to me um, was kind of the the first example of if you're 
writing is smart enough, your animation can suck. And it's still okay. Yeah. And it did. And it was. And it was still yeah. great. And they had the, the the narrator, and you didn't even realize that the narrator was there to tell pieces of the story that they didn't have to animate. You know, they would come, they would come in and the, and, and, you know, five minutes of the story would have already passed by the time the cartoon started and the narrator just kind of catches you up, <laughs> you know, and then they'll cut to another scene and he'll kind of tell you a little bit of stuff that happened in between. So they don't actually have to go in and draw all that stuff, you know? Right. So they also did the, they had the, uh, the fractured fairy tales. Yeah. Which, um, I guess was kind of the original version of what you were talking about, but it didn't, it, it wasn't like, they did a whole episode of, you know, Alf is Jack and the Beanstalk. You know, they yeah. would do, you know, three or four minutes of Jack and the Beanstalk and there would be some, you know, twisted version of it where, and it, it was, it was, it was very feminist. It was, I remember that. <laughs> it was, it was very like, uh, subversive. It, it was really, it was really, it was really very clever on, on a lot of fronts. Um, which is why it, 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 as I said, it, it holds up today. You might not get, you know, all of the more dated references, but as far as, I, I remember, it was some random scene where I, I think, Upsidasium is this element in the Rocky Bull universe that it is, it is a floating mineral. It is a mineral that floats. Mm. And, I think someone had like stolen some or something and like the, the city council was trying to decide what to do and the mayor was like <laughs> he, he called he, what is it? what do we know about this fiend in human form <laughs> I'm like what a ridiculous line that's hilarious there was no reason for that person to to talk like that at all yeah they just the, the writers just really did what they wanted to do and nobody cared enough to stop them i guess until they like you know it was kind of like the the i, I feel like they kind of tried to rein it in later but at that point they built up their fan base of no this is what we expect yeah and i always I always love it when that happens when artists just do their artist thing and uh they're appreciated for it they took their turn in the theater as well you know they made that movie with uh Jason Alexander, Renee Russo. I remember and that movie. Yeah. Robert De Niro. These Robert De Niro as fearless, fearless leader. I remember yeah. seeing trailers or like movie, TV commercials for that movie. And they were always playing Instincts. Not Instincts. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I just said that. They were always playing Backstreet Boys larger than life. Please yeah. no one ever mentioned that I mixed up Instinct and Backstreet Boys because that. <laughs> it, happened, it happens all the time. I'm like, no. No, that never happens to me because I'm the biggest Backstreet Boy fan. I'm literally look, looking at my Backstreet Boys poster right now. Um, <laughs> all right. I, anyways. Yeah, they played I retract my attempt to make you feel better. I didn't know it was that deep. <laughs> no. I've seen Backstreet Boys like three times in the past two years. I think I saw the. I think I saw the movie out of like a sense of obligation and it was okay, but it, it's, and I think actually they made a couple of movies. Um, well, they may where, have made a, they may have made like a direct to video or something later. Right. But. Right. There was like, there was like one major one. And I think there was, um, a couple minor ones or, but it's, it, it almost, so, so rock and bullwinkle, they're still animated, but they're like, um, a lot of computer animated. 
And it's not like they look like a realistic squirrel or moose, but you know, they, you know, they look like 3D animation. And it almost kind of takes away from it for me that it's not as crudely drawn. Uh, for yeah. some reason, it's, it's like they're, you know. Well, they did. I mean, it, it was full on cartoon at the very beginning. And then there's a, there's a point in the film where they come out into the real world and it changes. And right. then, and then there's a scene where, uh, where Bullwinkle tries to email himself somewhere and he's floating through cyberspace and all that. You know, they tried to do a lot of updates and things like that. It was a stupid movie, but you know, I had, I had small kids at the time, so I was at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it, but you know, I was seen, a small I've kid, seen but a, I didn't see it. I've seen a lot of terrible movies because of my kids. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Go, just, just watch the show. I would, yeah. I would, and yeah. All right. I got, I got a rock and bullwinkle based surprise, hopefully coming in the next few weeks, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go back to the nineties and do another Disney pick. You know, Disney had the, I mentioned before they had this, uh, Disney afternoon that had four or five cartoons that was right after school, you know, uh, lighthearted comedy fair. Um, Darkwing Duck was one that I actually liked. And this is early 90s. I want to say 90, 91. Some, some, you know, I was probably about 13 years old. So I was getting to the age where I was really too old to, to be watching cartoons, but that's all that was on in the afternoon because I didn't have cable. You know, so <laughs> it was either watch Darkwing Duck or watch Oprah. You know, so... <laughs> so, um, Darkwing Duck was kind of their attempt to make a lighthearted kids comedy but also kind of cash in on the whole Batman craze that was going on at the time because oh my gosh, of, I remember this. Sorry. Oh, no, no, you're fine. He, he was a superhero and it played off a lot of the superhero tropes from the time, especially the non-superpowered heroes like Batman and Zorro and the Shadow. Speaking of the Shadow, uh DW's secret identity was Drake Mallard, which is a play on words for Kent Allard or Allard, which was the Shadow's alter ego. But um did not know that. Well, I knew he was Drake Mallory, but I didn't know about that. <laughs> to, make, to make sure that the kids tuned in long enough for the show to kind of really get their footing, they made it a semi-spinoff uh, to DuckTales by bringing Launchpad McQuack in as his uh, sidekick. You know, so he was... I don't know. Hi, Chan. I don't know if you ever watched DuckTales. I uh, probably did at some point. Launchpad was... um Scrooge McDuck's pilot mm. and would fly him wherever he needed to go, but he didn't know how to land the plane. So the joke was that he always crashed the plane. And Scrooge McDuck was so rich that he would just buy another plane. And of course they were never hurt, you know. So anyway, um, he left DuckTales and went to be, went to whatever city Darkwing Duck took place in and became his sidekick. But it was weird because he was always hanging out during the day with Drake Mallard. And then at night, he was always with Darkwing Duck, but he didn't wear a costume. He's <laughs> just the same guy, you know. So, uh, but, uh, and I don't know how they did, um, the seasons back then, because when I looked on Wikipedia, it says that they did 90 episodes, but it was only on the air for one year. You know, it was three seasons, but it was only from like September of 90 to like December of 91. So they crammed a lot of episodes into. Yeah, one they might have just year. played one every day. Um, yeah, I was yeah. Say, that was the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't Saturday morning. Like they did it. You know, it was every day. They yeah, have basically a new episode every day. 
you know, five days a week. But they, I mean, they had other, they had, uh, villains on there that were a lot like, you know, they were comical plays on, um, Batman villains and things like that. And they had a character that was made out of vegetables and stuff. And they had, uh, they had some other superheroes from other Disney cartoons that would come in and, and help him solve a crime and all that kind of stuff. But it was a funny show. You know, I watched it just about every afternoon. Um, Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Let's get dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Chan. Go ahead with your next pick. So my third pick is actually one of John's mem- uh, honorable, honorable mentions. It's Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, it's not only one of my favorite cartoons, but it's one of my favorite TV shows, I think. Um, it's very influenced by East Asian and Chinese myths and culture. And it's basically um, set in this world where there are four nations, um, each based on a different element, earth, wind, fire, and air. And um, there is this like... Oh, what did I say? Earth, water, fire, and air. Sorry. Yeah. I was thinking earth, wind, and fire. I was thinking earth, wind, and fire, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I was listening to Boogie Wonderland earlier today, so nothing but love. Um, and there's like this special, these special um, sort of martial arts fighting techniques um, based on each of these elements where people can actually bend the elements um, and can control them, basically. So like water bending, fire bending, earth bending, and air bending. Um, and they're actually based on real life martial arts, um, with each one being based on a different technique. And they have like a really cool video. Um, I remember they used to air on Nickelodeon saying like, this is based off of Tai Chi. Like that, I think water was based off Tai Chi. This is based off yeah. of this, this specific type of Kung Fu. It was really cool. Um, and also each of the con- the nations were based off of, uh, different ethnicities and races in Asia. I remember the, um, water tribe was based very much on, um, Eskimos and like the nomads who lived in like more colder areas. Um, air, the air monks. Air, yes. Yeah. Air monks were based off of, yeah, Tibetan monks. Um, think fire nation was very much just like japanese empire and then the earth kingdom was very much just like china and those kind of um more earthy elements um and it was about this uh, after laying down all the context it's um, <laughs> <laughs> i really love this show if you can tell yeah um, i figured i was safe doing an audible mention because i was pretty sure it ended up on your list yeah um so it's about this kid who is about 12 years old who is the avatar who has the ability to control all four elements um usually one people are only able to control one based on usually what nation that they are born in um and so he can control all four and this is something that's passed down through each avatar who is kind of reincarnated basically um whenever the last one dies so he is the most current one and he basically is has disappeared for about i think a thousand years or something like that Not years. Even. Huh? Hundred years. Hundred years yeah hundred years i'm off uh um <laughs> obviously i love this show but i don't remember the tiny details. well no no it's fine i was talking gargoyles that was a thousand years. <laughs> um 
so he's disappeared for a hundred years and he emerges after um, these two siblings from the water tribe, Southern water tribe, uh, Katara and Sokka find them, find him encased in ice. And uh, when he emerges, he finds the world is basically embroiled in war and he has kind of failed his role as avatar, which is to keep all four nations in the world in harmony. Um, so he has to, you know, go on this quest to finish learning all the, um, all four water, all four abending skills, because he's only learned air at this point, because um, he's so young, and um, defeats the Fire Nation, which is um, the nation that has declared war on the entire world and tried to conquer and stuff like that. Um, and it's a really great, just classic archetypal series of good versus evil, the hero's journey and all that. And all the characters are amazingly well done. It has one of the best anti-hero um, arcs I have seen on TV. Um, I just, I, I love Zuko so much and I will rewatch his episodes so many times just because of the character development that they do there is meticulous and amazing. And just like the way that they can convey the emotion and his growth in just animation is just astounding to me and I love it so much um yeah it's great storytelling um Avatar The Last Airbender is great as is its sequel Korra Legend of Korra which takes place about 50 years later um and is about the next Avatar um but it's just it's so good um some how do you feel about the movie oh uh I did not (laughs) mention the movie I I usually forget about the movie, actually, because it's not only it's just bad, it was a really terrible example of whitewashing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, what I was saying before about all the nations being based on different ethnicities in Asia, in East Asia, and that was one of the really powerful parts of the show, that it was so steeped in these cultures and was so respectful of them, despite actually being an American-made show. It was often mistaken for an anime because um, its influences were drawn on anime, not only in its, um, like, the backstory and the world-building, but also... Some of the some of its greatest episodes, they draw on like Hayao Miyazaki's works, um, a lot of legends and everything like that. Um, it's movies, yeah, just whitewashed all the characters. They they cast a bunch of white kids yeah. uh, as you know, like these Eskimo type characters. As the only Asian that they cast was Dev Patel um, as you know the villainous character Zuko, who you know later becomes an antihero. Spoiler, um, so it was it was interesting, and also it was wrongly cast because the Fire Nation is based off of like the Japanese Empire. So I do not like the movie; it is terrible, and uh, which is probably why they never made another one because the fans kind of rejected it. Oh yeah, well, and it bombed at the box office. Yeah, it's just what were you a train wreck that everybody warned him about. <laughs> him being uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. Like, I mean, the, the problems that existed were well reported. Not that necessarily an artist should, like, cater to their audience, because I don't necessarily believe that. But it was almost like he was actively trying to piss them off. Mm. Because 
I mean, I, and I've I've talked about this. I'm not gonna go off on the movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I think I've covered that in previous episodes. But yeah, it was the the things that were changed. There was no real benefit to changing them, and the, the it, it was like if you were familiar with the characters, it would only piss you off. If you weren't familiar with the characters, why change it? Yeah, it would only bore you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the problem with the movie, like the biggest problem with the movie, I would say, is that it zapped all the fun out of it. It just became a very serious, generic fantasy adventure film with a few interesting elements of East Asian culture thrown in, but with a white face at the center of it. And it just, like, they also made the bending really lame. This is just a minute, like, not even a minute. This is a very... (laughs) There's a very significant complaint because one of the greatest, like the animation for the show and like the way that they do the bending is very creative and interesting and dynamic. But the way that they do it in the movie is just like it takes five people to bend a tiny rock, whereas one person can bend like an avalanche or something. I was I was okay with that, actually. Yeah. No, I I felt like I felt like the bending was okay. Like they 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 changed that firebenders can't create fire. They have to, you know, get fire from somewhere else and they can move it around unless you're like a very high level master, then you can make your own fire. I was, uh, yeah, I was fine with that. I don't understand like the change for that though, because if they had such a great CGI budget, why make it, why limit your characters like that? Um, I like it was to show that, um, Uncle was. Because no one else can really do that. Uncle can make his own fire. Yeah. Uh, uncle Iroh, who's Zuko's uncle. Well, but I, I'm gonna, if I may, um, and I almost never do this. I don't think I've ever done this, but I'm gonna employ my uh, my vice cosmic potato president <laughs> role, and I'm what? I'm going I'm going to veto any more talking about this movie okay. during this episode. <laughs> I actually agree with that because I completely agree with that because I try to block it out of my mind and it is now done. (laughs) (laughs) I just know there's there's so many cartoons that they've started to turn into movies and most of them are not. They don't really feel like the movie that they're trying to emulate. And you know, I was just wondering, being as big of a um, of a fan of the cartoon as you were, I was wondering what you thought about the. Cartoon, I mean, of the movie, which I had a pretty good idea, but <laughs> I wanted to pull the bear a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are any defenders yet, of the movie. Yeah, I was about to say, I've yet to meet any fan of the series who thought the movie was good. Like, at best, they were like, eh, it was whatever. Like, yeah. the, most of them really, really dislike it. Um, at the highest praise that I've heard from it is it didn't suck as bad as I thought it would. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, it's not what you want. I don't even know any casual moviegoers or, like, people who weren't fans of the show who liked the movie or remember that that movie existed. They're like, oh, right. wasn't that the movie that was changed that had, like, the bald kid or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think a lot, of, a lot of fans, especially younger fans, didn't know that the movie happened because they couldn't call it Avatar because there was already a movie called Avatar. They just mm-hmm. called it The Last Airbender or whatever. Okay, John, go ahead with your next pick. <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm going to combine my last two. 
Okay. So uh, I, I, only because as, as, I'm, as I was looking at them on my list, I realized they uh, have a lot of similarities. So I just, I, my last one was Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, I, I noticed on my list, um, the next two um, are also kind of unlikely dynamic duos of um, best friends. Um, Ren and Stimpy from the early 90s, the Ren and Stimpy show, and a modern classic still on the air, still making new episodes, Adventure Time. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, Ren and Stimpy, I don't even really know how to describe this show. Um, it, it makes my list of never seen it before because they were completely irrelevant. Um, they, they, they pretty much broke all of the understood rules and pushed the boundaries of the, like, written down, you'll pay a fine if you break the rules. Yeah. Uh, it was, Ren is a Chihuahua who you could argue, um, is a psychopath. It's been it's been it's been argued, but usually he's he's fine most of the time. He's narcissistic and he's greedy, um, but he doesn't really snap. Um, he he doesn't live in a state of constant insanity. But the funniest part is when he's when he snaps, which is when he's like just pushed to his limit. Usually by his uh, by his friend Stimpy, who is. Um, a cat yeah. who you only know because he's a cat because his ears are kind of pointed but Stimpy is a complete idiot <laughs> um, and he the most, the, a lot of the episodes are you know Stimpy just vexing Ren but it's the they exist in this world of not I, I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> I should have practiced. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this show because yeah. it, it it it's almost like there's a lot of gross out humor. There was a lot I've of gross out it. humor. There was a lot of gross out humor. You should you should definitely. I'll I will I will send you the web address to like the the two or three episodes that you should probably see. There were um, there were actually two ver- two versions of the show because they showed it on uh, MTV. And they showed it on Nickelodeon, and the version that they showed on MTV was usually, usually that was the stuff that they had to cut out of the Nickelodeon version. You know, the 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 grosser than gross stuff that that they couldn't show to the little kids. You know, they yeah. left on the MTV version because that was the teenagers that were watching that. You know, well, you know, it was it was it was almost it was this there was this dark undercurrent of humor that was never really dangerous but it really kind of pushed the boundaries like so uh, that's a good example all right so there was one where ren and stimpy are rubber nipple salesmen as in the nipples <laughs> that go on the top of baby bottles yeah so they go door to door and they sell rubber nipples <laughs> and that's like that's the plot of the show and uh they come to this one house and there's this horse and uh he the horse answers the door and it's like uh, excuse me sir would you like any rubber rubber nipples 
and and this weird eerie um what's the what's the name of that instrument that uh the Star Trek theme is the uh, Zeroman or the, something like that? The the Theremin. Theremin, yeah. right. Yeah. So the weird theremin music is playing in the background and his horse has this look on his face. It's like mm, rubber nipples, rubber nipples. <laughs> no, sir. I don't need any rubber nipples. I tell you what, though. Do you have any rubber walrus protectors? <laughs> and he pulls, <laughs> and from out, and so he's standing in the door, and like from he pulls like into the view, into the door. There's a walrus who's like, I think he's tied up, and the the horse has on like rubber gloves. And the walrus says, "Oh, the police!" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then it just cuts to the next scene. <laughs> yeah. If I if I were if I were to summarize, that was it. Like it was there's there's one uh, there's one scene where they're on an alien planet, and uh, someone is knocking knocking on the tent door. So just you know, they knock on the door. And your wake ran up, and he answers the door, and he says, "Who the heck?" <laughs> and then he sees the thing that you know. It's like, oh, it's you know, I, I believe it's an alien. But the fact that he didn't finish that word, it could have gone either way. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love that. I loved that they pushed it really as far as they could push it, and I love that the show that the channel let them do it for as long as they did, and. Ironically, they did, like you said, they did a later incarnation a few, a few years ago on Spike, where, you know, there was a lot fewer restrictions and it just wasn't yeah. as funny because they, you know, they, what made it funny was that they skated that line and or they would put a toe over that line. And on Spike, you know, they can do a lot more of whatever they want. And it's just, you know, like you said, it's, it's just more the gross out and, you know, I, I think I watch a lot these days. They're bringing back everything, you know, and it's just not, I don't know. It's just not the same because I've watched, uh, I watched an episode of the new version. I, I say I watched an episode. I watched about five minutes of an episode of the new version of Inspector Gadget that's on, uh, Netflix and it uh, was horrible. Yeah. I didn't even, but, I didn't watch I, it. but I watched the first episode of the new, the new Voltron series and it was pretty good. You know, so. Oh, fun fact! That's like I, the I, same team as Avatar: The Last Airbender. Voltron is. Uh, Voltron is, yeah. Oh, okay. Then I'll I watch it because I, I was on the fence. Yeah, I have a friend who's watching it, and he's like, "You really need to watch it. It's just as good as Avatar, maybe even better." And I'm like, "Really? Okay." Right. So. But bouncing um, so, off of what you were saying about Ren and Stimpy, um, you know, that was a MTV cartoon, and MTV had a lot of. Um, animated series at the time they had one that was called the the brother the what is it called oh. now, yeah I, mean, I know the max that was kind of from the liquid television days but there was another one that was called the brothers god i can't remember the name of it now but all the characters kind of had names that went along with rat pack names like bing and and dean oh, and stuff like that right yeah but they did a lot of that showing their veins and their faces and you know yeah that kind of the, stuff. the the animation style of ren and Stimpy, i'm actually not that big a fan of the big googly eyes and the yeah my mom the, hated it she'd walk through the room and i'd be yeah. why are you watching that that is so stupid and gross <laughs> yeah. but they they also they intermixed it with 
they did this they had this weird style where they would do like a really detailed drawing and they would like just move one or two things up but it, it would be like the close up of like somebody's chin you could see how gross their chin was yeah they kind of do some of that on Spongebob now yeah exactly it's, it's the same kind of thing they do on, on Spongebob and it was also the first time I saw that so they get they get some they get some points for that even though I'm you know it's kind of gross <laughs> and so to um to overlay or rather to contrast um that those parabests or maybe I should maybe I should save uh, adventure time for my next one cuz I kind of we kind of talked a lot about Venice City. So I, okay. I'll, I'll 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 hold off on adventure time and I will pass it to you Sean. All right. Well, my next pick is not a series it's it was really only one episode. But it was um 19 April 21st 1990 they did call t- cartoon all-stars to the rescue what's happening to me are you okay huh now I'm seeing ducks oh man I gotta get off of these drugs <laughs> <laughs> really really yeah you going well, there you, you mentioned it on another episode and I wanted to to discuss it a little bit but it was um Back in the 80s and 90s, we had a lot of very special episodes of different shows. You know, uh, they would pass out literature at school to say, make sure you watch this week's episode of Full House because DJ has an eating disorder. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, so it would deal with drugs. It would deal with eating disorders. There was an episode of... John, you remember the Mr. T cartoon? Of course. Yeah, they did a they did an episode a very special episode of Mr. T where one of the kids got kidnapped or something, you know. But um but anyway, Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue was uh funded by Ronald McDonald's children's charities and it ran on all of the major networks at the same time. So whatever channel you were watching, you were gonna see this episode. And the the basic plot was I mean it was not a good plot, but <laughs> the basic plot was there was this <laughs> There's this little kid, and all of his toys in his room were cartoon characters, and like mm. his like his lamp was Alf, and his phone was Garfield, you know, and he had some other toys laying around. Anyway, this uh, somebody comes into his room and steals his piggy bank, and all the toys come to life, you know, Toy Story style, and kind of start to solve this mystery of who stole the money, and they find the money in his older brother's room along with a box that's got some marijuana in it. You know, so then there was like this bad guy that was called Smoke, and it was just some anthropomorphic so- smoke, you know, and uh, it was supposed to teach you about the dangers of of drugs. But they brought in all these uh, cartoons from all the different networks. They had Alf and Alvin and Chipmunks, Ducktales. I'll read the list real quick: uh, Garfield and Friends, Looney Tunes, Muppet Babies, Winnie the Pooh, The Real Ghostbusters. That, which it was just Slimer. It wasn't the actual Ghostbusters. Uh, the Smurfs. They had one Slyly Ninja Turtle. Yeah, they had one Ninja Turtle. It was Michelangelo. And uh, and all that, you know. So, like I said, the, it, it was a bad plot, but it was just something to to teach kids about not... Not don't smoke marijuana, okay? You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. But, <laughs> but it was... Uh, but because they had all these cartoons on one show... Every kid, you know, tuned in and watched it. Plus, it was on every channel, so you had—if you were watching cartoons, you had to watch it. So, 
John, you brought it up on another episode. Did you want to say anything about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have no idea what this is, but it's- yeah, it you can was- find it. You can find it on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, put in Cartoon All Stars, and it'll come up. And I feel like it won't have as big an impact on me because a lot of these cartoons I did not watch. At oh no, it-, it won't. It won't have any impact on. Yeah, you. I'll be like, no, it didn't oh have God. an impact on the people that it was intended for. <laughs> Except for, hey, now we know how tall Garfield is in comparison to Mickey Mouse. That's interesting. That's pretty yeah. much that was that was the only not watched. What's, what's the the answer though? How tall was he? He was shorter. Was some Actually, of I don't, was, was yeah, Mickey some Mouse of that stuff it? didn't even make sense because it, it, was, it was like it was Garfield. Bugs Bunny, right? It was like Bugs Bunny uh, was definitely Alf was supposed to be a lamp, you know. So in comparison to uh, Kermit the Frog doll or whatever. I don't know how big he was actually supposed to be, but I don't know. All that kind of stuff was kind of weird. See, I don't even remember the plot until like I, I only literally remember just the scenes where there were various cartoon characters in it. I didn't remember how they got there. I don't remember what they were doing. I just remember that they were all trying to stop some kid from using drugs. I had to look up the plot, but I do remember the smoke as the bad guy. It was like, I think he was wearing sunglasses too, but he was just some smoke, you know, and, and he would he would like whisper in the kid's ear all this great stuff about marijuana and stuff. That's you know? that's actually where um, the creators of Lost got the idea. I was about to say like, that sounds a lot like Lost. Yeah, that smoke wasn't wearing sunglasses. Yeah, but you woke up and it was three years later. So I think maybe that should be the title of this episode. That that smoke wasn't wearing sunglasses. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, Rubber Wallace think- protectors gets my vote though. <laughs> Walrus, walrus protectors and sunglasses on smoke, something like that. But I think we got time to go around one more time. Hi, Chan, if you've got another pick. Okay, so this is my last pick? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make have some honorable mentions as well before my I voice my last pick. Okay. Uh, so, let's see. A bunch of cartoons I probably watched as a kid. I'm going by not important, like John did, but like personal connection. So these are a bunch of shows that probably weren't that important, but were important to me. Um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, no judgments. Arthur, which was nice. a PBS show because I was a cableless kid, yeah. and Arthur taught me lots of things about uh, Yo-Yo Ma, um, The Odyssey, <laughs> and uh, just everything horror. Actually, a lot of, they had a horror episode too, which was really funny. But yeah. Educational programming is important, kids. Um, show. Yeah, it's show. a great show. And I was reading a BuzzFeed article recently that was like, all the ways that Arthur was secretly savage. And they were harsh kids, man. Like, they knew how to make a comeback. Anyways, uh, Arthur, uh, Danny Phantom, Recess. Uh, what else? Fairly Odd Parents, um, Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh yeah, I remember that. Challenge yeah. Showdown. That was the same company that did the Batman, which yeah. I'll probably talk about on another episode. But I didn't know that, but yeah. I was a big fan of Jackie Chan Adventures. I watched every episode. Um, good. Also good. Uh, oh, how could I forget Pokemon? Of course. Um, I, in my la- couple episodes ago on the Millennial Falcon, we did an episode about I Heart the '90s, and yeah. I talked about. Another personal story in which I would watch Pokemon every day after school, but I, for, I would first nap when I got home, 
for half an hour, wake up and watch Pokemon. And one time I missed an episode because I napped too long and I started crying. Um, <laughs> just, by the way, I was in first grade, so... I mean, it probably would happen if I was a little older, too, but, you know. <laughs> Maybe you got lucky because there was one episode of Pokemon that gave a bunch of kids epileptic seizures. So maybe it was maybe it was that one. Yeah, <laughs> You maybe. missed it on the seizures. Thanks for looking out for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I think that's all I have for honorable mentions for now. I might think of some more and just, like, randomly shout them out. Um, <laughs> anyways, my last one isn't so much a Saturday morning cartoon or really even a kid's cartoon. I just wanted to give another shout-out to anime, and this is one of the best animes, I think, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. Full Metal Alchemist. Um, yes. My favorite anime. It is set in um, this sort of steampunk-esque uh, industrial ages, age um, alternate universe where instead of... Um, chemistry not right it's where um alchemy has become like a primary science and is basically true um and it follows two brothers uh, edward and alphonse elric who in trying to revive their mom through alchemy uh lost their bodies and their limbs um Al- alphonse is basically just a walking suit of armor um with the soul um and, and trapped inside it and, you, uh, you, should, you should give a, a quick primer on what you mean by alchemy. Alchemy is... Okay. Um, alchemy is the basic... It's like the concept of turning metal into gold. It's kind of a very science fiction science fiction-y version of chemistry. Um, more fantastical in a way. Um kind of the transformation objects in from like one thing to another. They espouse one rule a lot, which is actually an actual rule. Um, something cannot be created without first having oh what was the rule that they had? It was a really great line too that was really poetic. Um, it was basically the equal this is why I failed in chemistry, by the way. <laughs> Random rules. The the basic rule of mm, equal cannot be created. Equal exchange. Equivalent exchange. <laughs> Which is an actual concept in chemistry. Um, to obtain something of equal value must be lost. So the transformation of one thing to another. Um, and... It basically, in alchemy, they are, there are limits. You can only transform something uh, that is of equal value, again, to another thing of equal value. Um, and in trying to bring back their mother from the dead, um, they, you know, broke that rule. So they af- years after they did this, they are basically on a quest to find the Philosopher's Stone, which is also a real life, not a real life, it's like a actual kind of urban legend yeah Uh, and um it supposedly uh empowers alchemists and allows them to break this rule of equivalent exchange i don't know if i completely explained alchemy correctly so john feel feel free to add anything no no no, that was that was it i just i i you know um the the 
I guess kind of standard definition of alchemy is lead into gold and mm-hmm. I just yeah so in in this show it's basically the ability to transform something into something else yeah and yeah. it's and it, and it almost like the way that they do it you know they're not like they don't have beakers or anything it, it, it's almost like they're casting spells it looks like they're mm-hmm. casting spells it's very magical yeah um anyways where was I uh um, so they're on this quest to find the Philosopher's Stone, and in this quest, Edward has become um, a military alchemist, essentially, and there's this really great sort of uh, tension between the military, which is basically, which basically runs the government. It's like a martial law type of government, and the common people who call everyone who work for the military dogs in the military. Um, there's a lot of great sort of racial tensions um, that take place in the show. Um, by the way, I am speaking of the original Film Metal Alchemist and not Brotherhood, which was equally good, but it was based more on the manga and had a much more fantastical storyline, whereas I really liked the more intimate stories and philosophical kind of lessons that they have in the original Full Metal Alchemist because they kind of went off on their own story that had a lot to do with the parallels to Germany in World War II and kind of a lot of the racial and ethnic tensions that were taking place during that time. Um, and they kind of come to fruition in the movie sequel to the anime. Um, but that's another story. Um, Full, Full Metal Alchemist is great. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. It's funny. It's action-packed. Um, and I think it has just like some of the best blending and storytelling in anime. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great show. Um, I rewatch it many times, to, and it makes me cry every time I watch it. So, uh, yeah, I completely recommend it. And uh, both Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, in fact. That's a, yeah, okay. That's the first I've ever heard about it, so I'll have to look that up. So oh. it's, it's really good. It's really, it really good. It is excellent. All of it is on Netflix, too. Oh, okay. And, and some of them... Um, are harder to find in English. Actually, um, I the, think are they all are they all translated? They're all in English. Um, I yeah. think you can change it. You can have you have the option of either choosing between English or Japanese. I actually prefer. This is one of the few animes I prefer watching in English because it is very much set in a very like westernized type of setting. All the characters, for example, have uh, English names: Edward, Alphonse. Um, there's like that whole German. Um, in World War II sort of paralleled as well. Um, a lot of that sort of strife and friction. It's so good. It's just, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you can watch the both series. Um, make sure you're watching, you know which one you're watching. I recommend watching Full Metal Alchemist, the original one, first. So that was from, I think, like 2003. Yes. Okay. Um, it's, it's very good. It'll it's a lot it's very bloody too by the way it's it's very um violent there is one character who is a villain for a large part of the series scar who um basically targets uh military alchemists and um kills them he's a serial killer basically and the way he does it is he has sort of alchemic tattoo on his arm that allows him to explode people's brains essentially so watch out for that (laughs) 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 <laughs> okay. You got another pick for us, John? 
Yeah, I'll finish up. I'll do uh, two more honorable mentions. Um, the Tick from uh, yeah. late 90s, I think. And Sword Art Online, um, which is an anime inspired by HD, which is an anime where um, there's this new video game that hits the market and everybody just can't wait to do it, can't wait to play it. And it is a VR immersive system and the creator of the game has tricked everyone. So if you log on, and I was like, you know, it, the whole thing was like the biggest massive multiplayer game in history. And, you know, everybody is like vying to be one of the, I don't remember, thousands of people to log in. Um, and once you log in, you can't log out. Uh, so you're, you're either, until someone either beats the, until someone beats the game, or you die mm-hmm. in the game. Like, you, you're, you're stuck. You're trapped in the game. Your mind is trapped in the game. So it becomes like this, you know, this worldwide, in the real world, it becomes this worldwide thing where all these people are, you know, are basically comatose now. And if you're disconnected from the game, you die. You know, if you're killed in the game, you die. Um, so it's, you know, this entire civilization of people, um, they have to live in this game. So, you know, they start lives. Um, but the story follows, um, you know, our hero who is obviously questing to, uh, to defeat the game. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's very good. It's very good. It's, I think it's maybe two or three seasons. Um, but nice. So honorable mention for that, honorable mention for the tick, which is hilarious. And I think they're bringing uh, back, I think they're bringing back the tick. Not as a cartoon, but as another live action series. Yeah, they did it once. They, and they, I heard that they were going to do it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm always <laughs> very wary of, um, you know, trying to recapture the lightning in the bottle, which is why I hadn't watched the Voltron yet. But since, uh, you know, since I've, I've heard an endorsement now, and, and if it is from the creators of Avatar, I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. Um, the remake of the Thundercats actually wasn't bad either. Um, but yeah, my final, um, actual full fledged choice will be um, Adventure Time, um, which is the story of Finn and Jake on the planet Ooh, which is very Earth like after an apocalypse. Um, magic is abundant. Um, Finn is a human, the only human, um, apparently. And teenage boy, now teenage boy. I think when it starts, he's probably like 12, 11 or 12. Um, and Jake is his magical dog best friend slash brother, because they basically grew up together. Um, Adventure Time is a show that I probably would not ever have watched because it has kind of a crazy animation style. Um, the The characters are very fluid um, you know, and it doesn't, it, it, it's very simple. Or I, I should say it has a crazy art style. The animation is actually really good. They move very well. Um, but the art is very simple and, um, inconsistent. Um, but it actually works for this show because this show is just this side of stream of consciousness. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's basically uh, it, it. Yeah, it 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 follows the 
basic rules of a Dungeons and Dragons universe. Um, and he he will basically Fan will introduce himself. It's like I'm sorry, I'm 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 um, oh I don't know enough D and D. I'm gonna get killed by some of our fans. But he's like uh, you know there are characters who will say yeah I'm I'm sorry I'm chaotic evil I can't do that I'm I'm chaotic neutral I can't do that sorry. And there's like stuff that Finn can't do because he's good. He's like definitive good. It's like sorry I I I want to we gotta figure out another way. I'm like, I just can't do it. My line won't allow. Well, I don't want to allow it. Um, <laughs> but it's the two things that this show does, two of the things that this show does great, is every character in it um, is significant. Like, even if they're not significant to, like, the overall, to the main storyline, they'll do episodes, and, and every episode is, like, 10 minutes long. So each show, each 30-minute show, will basically contain two episodes. Yeah, and they might not be important, quote unquote, to what Finn and Jake are doing. But any character that you have ever seen could, at some point, be the star of their own episode. And it it really helps flesh out this world um, that you know characters aren't aren't there just to serve the major plot, but you get the sense that they're really they're living their lives independent of Finn and Jake and the bubblegum princess and, uh, you know, the other characters. Um, the other thing this show does really well is, and part of it is, um, done in service of the characters having their own identities, no storylines. Um, the story arcs, can last the same thing I said about Gargoyles the same thing I would say about Avatar um, and most of the shows that we've mentioned actually as far as having a fully creative world and you know its own backstory that the audience might not know but the creator knows um, I'm trying to think how to how to summarize this how to say this uh there are, again, there are storylines, there are plots that are set up, you know, that are mentioned offhandedly in season one that pay off in season five. Um, yeah. It, I, I, I love when that happens. I always yeah. <laughs> wonder if that's intentional or if they just, in Adventure Times case anyways, and if they just go back and are like, oh, look at this tiny detail we said. Let's make it pay off five seasons I think it, from now. I, I like, think it's a bit of both. Yeah, because the show is very both. much like a stoner college kids show, but at the <laughs> yeah. same time, it is very admirable, like the way, the kind of storytelling they do in this like medium, and like not even like the medium, but like in the sort of show that the cartoon show that it is. It's like very surreal and crazy, and just like not making a lot of sense a lot of the time. See, I would, I would, I wouldn't necessarily argue against calling it a stoner college kids show because I, I mean, I'm sure that's true. But I think it, I think that limits, that limit, I think that doesn't give it its due. Oh no, I agree. Because, I think, I think it started off that way, but it's become a much different show since it began. Yeah, like this show has made me cry. <laughs> it did. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things about Adventure Time is that it's a silly show that is hiding the fact that it is actually really deep. 
and has a really sort of poignant and depressing backstory. Yes, like they they will. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like there are there are episodes where like you find out something about a character, it's like oh, okay, well that makes sense. And you go deeper and deeper and do it, and you find out, oh, well, that's tragic. That's horrible. <laughs> like, one of the prime or, examples, and, I think, is um, the fact that, you know, it's like a very Dungeons yeah, & Dragon type of world. And you think, like, oh, it's just a fun fantasy world. But then you find out that it is this way because it is a world post-nuclear apocalypse. And all the characters are, like, made out of bubblegum because they are the products of nuclear radiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler. It's pretty <laughs> horrible. Um, but yeah, and and again, like you can do so much with, and and it is, it is random, and it is goofy, but it is also really sincere and and smartly written and and well acted. Like if the acting wasn't good, they wouldn't be able to pull the stuff off. But you know, the same character that you know says some ridiculous line about. I don't know how his favorite thing is to smell his own butt. You know, two episodes, two episodes. I don't know enough. That's an actual line, but it, it's it's probably a lie. <laughs> you know, two episodes later, you know, this, this character is is talking about like something actually emotional, and and they're delivering it in such a way that you 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 feel it. You know, um. So yes, I. Anyone who hasn't seen Adventure Time that I recommend it to, like, eh, no, I understand. I was I was one of you. The only <laughs> reason I started watching it was because I was stuck in a hotel room and there was kind of nothing else on, and they just happened to be doing an Adventure Time marathon, and so I watched like three episodes back to back. I was like, oh, all right, okay, that was actually pretty good. I need to watch this more. And then I, you know, I went back and I caught up on previous episodes, and now I'm. Yeah, now I'm current with it, and the scope of the story that they're telling is is huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's it's really really good. So yes, I would. It's got better continuity than an episode of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> true, sad but true. Yeah. In as much and again, this is all under the sheen of stream of consciousness. So it it will have continuity in the sense of this character did this thing on Tuesday and it affects them on Wednesday. But it does not have continuity necessarily continuity necessarily in the fact that <laughs> this character looks the same or sounds the same or is yeah. drawn the same way. Or they may not they might not remember what they did on Tuesday that affects them on Wednesday. But <laughs> you as the audience member will have seen that. Like, there's things, yeah, there's so many plot lines going on that interweave and affect each other that the characters don't know necessarily, but you do. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a beautiful tapestry of ooh. <laughs> the beautiful tapestry of ooh. It's another good contender for the name. Yeah. All right. That's my last one. The tapestries of ooh. All right. Well, um, <laughs> My last pick is going to be from 1979, so I'm going to be going way back. And I actually wasn't watching this when it first came on since I was born in 77, but, <laughs> but, um, 
the new adventures of Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll. And it's just, it's just barely a 70s cartoon because th- these, these characters are actually from the 40s, but this is the incarnation of, of the characters that I remember the best. Sometimes, it was two different shows. You had Mighty Mouse and you had Heckle and Jekyll. So Mighty Mouse was sometimes a superhero show, sometimes it was a space opera, but Mighty Mouse was, I thought it was a fantastic cartoon. He was, he was a mouse and he was a superhero. And that's pretty much all you had to all you had to know. In this version of Mighty Mouse, he didn't really have like an alter ego or anything like that. But they did another version in the '80s, the late '80s, that Ralph Bakshi actually um, he's best known for his version of Lord of the Rings. But he um, he did a version in the late '80s that did a little more of the classic superhero alter ego kind of stuff. But these were like little five minute cartoons, and they put them all together into a into a little 30 minute uh, format and it was like he had the girl mouse that would get captured and she'd get tied to the train tracks and Mighty Mouse would have to save her you know and he'd sing his little here I come to save the day you know that kind of thing but, <laughs> and then uh, right after Mighty Mouse would be Heckle and Jekyll and it was just a silly little cartoon about these two um, crows they were vo- both voiced by Frank Welker that if you watch cartoons in the 70s and 80s, you heard Frank Welker because he was on everything. But um, that's pretty much it, you know. Mighty Mouse, Heckle and Jekyll. Can't go wrong with it. <laughs> um, I have never heard of it, but... Oh, yeah, you gotta... Like I said, there's some, there's some cartoons. You can go on YouTube and you can find them, but there's some from the 40s. And then they kind of did a reimagining of it in the late 70s. And then they came back and did another version of it in the 80s. And then they're all good, really. But mm-hmm. that that one in the middle was my favorite because that was the one I was watching. But I'll throw out a couple honorable mentions before I wrap everything up. But, uh, John, do you remember Police Academy, the cartoon series? I remember that it exists. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much all I was gonna say about it was that it existed. <laughs> it was it was one of these cartoons that was put together to sell toys, you know. But it, the eighties had this weird thing of making cartoon series based on films that really weren't made for kids. You know, they yeah. they did a they did a RoboCop cartoon. RoboCop was not made for kids, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they made a cartoon of it so that they could sell toys. So they did a Police Academy version. Um, then uh, yeah, they they pretty much cranked out whatever cartoon of anything that was moderately popular. There was a Rubik's Cube yeah. cartoon. Yeah, yeah they yeah they basically uh, brought him to life, gave him adventures. There was a kid in play cartoon. Oh god, where yeah. you're you're kid, you're, um, you're reminding me of some stuff I forgot all. Yeah, about. <laughs> so kid and play were. You know, like teenagers early. Yeah, I think they were probably like in their early twenties when they were popular. So, but the cartoon put them like they were like twelve for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> there was an MC Hammer cartoon where his yeah. he had magic shoes, and they talked to him. Well, in the seventies, in the seventies, they did this <laughs> thing where every it seemed like almost all the big sitcoms would have a cartoon. Like there was a Mork and Mindy cartoon. There was a Happy Days cartoon. There was a Laverne and Shirley cartoon. You know, all and th- actually there was a Gilligan's Island cartoon. Yeah. And then, and then after 
they did the Gilligan's Island cartoon, then they changed it and they did a Gilligan's Planet cartoon where it was the same, <laughs> it was the same premise of Gilligan's Island, but they I left the island. That. The professor built a spaceship and they left the island and then they got stranded on another planet. Not a boat. Couldn't build yeah. a boat. He can't fix that hole in the boat, but he can, but he can build a rocket out of like bamboo and stuff and they can go to another planet. <laughs> And another honorable mention I had was the uh, ABC Weekend Special. It was actually on for 20 years. It was on from 77 to 97. But it was an anthology series. Sometimes they were animated. Sometimes they were live action. They did uh, like adaptations of books. They did some original stories. Kind of like the ABC After School Special, but they weren't quite as serious because they were on Saturday morning. And, um, you know, they, they had... Um, they had some cartoons about Teddy Ruxpin on there. <laughs> and, uh, it was hosted by, uh, Willie Tyler that used to do the, he had Lester, the, the, uh, you know, the, mar- not the marionette, but the little ventriloquist doll of Lester, you know. He hosted it for a while and then it was hosted by Captain O.G. Readmore, <laughs> which wow. is a cat. And, you know, they showed adaptations All of right, popular the cat. books and stuff, yeah. So that was my honorable mentions, but anybody got anything to add before I, close out the show watch cartoons they're great <laughs> yeah cartoons yeah, are and, the best and watch cartoons that you wouldn't think that you would like but your friends recommend to you give it a shot give it a shot <laughs> you never know worst, what you're gonna case, like you never know worst case scenario you've you know you wasted 30 minutes to an hour and let's be honest you do that every day anyway yeah, that's what Facebook go is back, for. go back and find out what the stuff that they're making all these movies about was all about originally. You know, go back and watch Transformers and see <laughs> the origins, and go back and watch GI Joe when they actually did good stories instead of the 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 well, films that they're doing. Now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if they did good stories, but well, good, yeah, good. The weather dominator didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm, I'm not going to say anything about Ninja Turtles because I haven't seen the new one yet, but the last one was not fantastic. I'd rather watch the cartoon myself. But No, I was going to say, I'm about five generations behind on Transformers. I'm about four generations behind on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I pretty much stopped watching... I, I might have... I think I saw Transformers Prime way back when. Yeah, and I think I saw the second version of the Turtles, but I I know. saw the version of the the last time that I was like really watching Ninja Turtles was the series that was from 2003 to like 2007 or eight something like that. I'm not the one that's on now. I ha- I've never watched the one that's on Nickelodeon. Right, although it looks good. I've I've I saw the movie actually, and it was it was it was decent. I think I the watched new- the 2003 version of the Ninja Turtles. I never watched Transformers. Yeah, I I watched Transformers, the original uh, series up until the movie came out, and I don't think I watched much of it after that. But there was just so many different versions of it, I got confused. So. Yeah, I was I was done. Yeah, um, and I know we're we're doing shows, but uh, just a quick shout out to Finding Dory. I saw it today, and it was great. Yeah, it was Yay. good. Have you seen it, Hachan? I have not. I'm okay. planning to. It's good. It's point. really good. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to see it. I see every Pixar movie. Like I was saying, you know, Pixar is one of those companies that even even their worst movie is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
you can't. Uh, so far, you can't go wrong with them. Uh, they may well, prove me. They may prove me wrong. Yeah. Although know, I haven't I, seen I their it. worst movie, I have not seen Cars to this day. Cars I probably not don't the intend to. Yeah. The, I saw. The, I saw the first the one. I haven't seen the worst the, movie. The Good oh, Dinosaur was the worst movie. Really? I haven't yeah. seen and that I, one. And either, I, I didn't think the Good Dinosaur was was bad. You know, it wasn't fantastic, but it was it was a decent movie. You know. It was kind of slow compared to some of their other stuff. But By the yeah. way, I just want to point out that Cars and Th- the first Thor have the exact same plot. <laughs> yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. I just wanted to point that out. That's one of those things that you point out and then in the future you can't forget it. Like the, I don't know if you ever saw, Hi-Chan, I know you don't watch Big Bang Theory, but... Um, there was an episode of Big Bang Theory where Sheldon, no, it wasn't Sheldon, it was Amy pointed out that in Indiana Jones and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that Indiana Jones is completely inconsequential to the plot. <laughs> he had nothing that he does affects, you what, know, happens mo- affect, affects what happens or anything in the movie really. at all. You know? So, and then when you go back and watch it, you're going, man, you know what? She's right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I want to wrap this up because as we are, as we are uh, recording for you guys, it's 10 after two in the morning. So mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap everything up. So if you, uh, listeners, if you, if this is your first time listening to the show or if you want to find out more about us, you know, just go to our website at cosmicpotato.com. You'll find links to, where you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And we also got a, a Patreon uh, account uh, going on right now that um, you can subscribe to Patreon and, you know, give us a little bit of money that'll help us uh, pay for the bandwidth and everything for the show. And, and we'll give you some stuff like, uh, you know, you can come on the show if you want, you know, you can, you can uh, help us plan the show, that kind of stuff. But um, if you want to reach me directly, it's Sean Ray at CosmicPotato.com. That's spelled S-H-A-W-N-W-R-A-Y. And just a quick plug, uh, Hi Chan, you want to plug your show? I would like to plug my show. I uh, co-host a podcast called The Millennial Falcon. Uh, once a week, we are available at on iTunes, um, on SoundCloud, and we are at the Millennial Falcon Podcast at WordPress.com. All right. And as far as uh, leaving us a review, guys, uh, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell us what you thought of the show, tell us uh, what kind of stuff that you'd like us to talk about in the future, and we'd really appreciate it. But that's going to do it for this episode. We'll come back next week and uh, do something else. Until then, take care of yourselves. We'll see you in the future. Probably going to do a kind of Ghostbusters-related thing where... I want to do. Yeah, I want to do like a two episode thing where we do one episode where we talk about the first two movies, and then we do another episode where we talk about the new movie. You know, so. I'm not that big a Ghostbusters fan, actually. I saw the first movie. I've not seen the second movie, and the first movie was fine. I was like, it was funny. It was good. I just maybe it's just me because I and I saw it late, but I didn't really see. It was kind of the affection for it. The appeal. Yeah. It's kind of before your time. I was talking to the guys from um, Alabama Ghostbusters. They were at the convention I went to a couple weeks ago, and they were they kind of made a point, made a good point that this new Ghostbusters is not really made for me because I've got my Ghostbusters. You know, this it's one's for new generation. Yeah, it's kind of made for the 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 newer. You know, I don't I don't know about that. Guys. You don't think so? I think. 
I don't I don't know that it's either or because I mean I love the original Ghostbusters. I actually I watched it. I watched um, it today actually. <laughs> I watched it a couple of months ago, and a lot of the jokes hold up. But also, like Vinkman's really a dick, <laughs> which you know, yeah. which like he embraces. But okay, enough, Bill Murray with the one-liners. Can can he just do the scene? Yeah. Like there, there are some parts where I, I feel like it's it's a little too sticky. It's still funny. Still love the movie. Yeah, and and I saw the trailer for the new one. Um, in the theater today, and it looks great. I would totally go see that movie. Like, I, I, so I, I don't. Yeah, I'm looking I mean, I, forward I, to I, it. You know, I try not to say anything. I think I will love them both. Really disparaging about it because people just assume that I don't like it because it's girls, and that's mm. not that's not my problem. <laughs> well, we all know you hate. Yeah, everybody, oh, yeah. Sean. No, <laughs> that's not my problem with it at all. My problem with it is that there is that it's a reboot. You know, I'm, I was wanting a sequel, even if it's a sequel with new people. I was kind of want a passing the torch kind of movie. Instead of you know what I actually I I thought that, but having seen the trailer, I think I I think I almost prefer the reboot because it's it's because it doesn't it it's more beholden I guess to to certain things if it's a sequel yeah like it's 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 too anchored or it's not maybe not too anchored but it's more anchored than I think it could be or needs to be. If they you just more, say, hmm? oh, they have more creative freedom. I agree. Right, right. If you just say, all right, go surreal, and these four people decide to trap them, and you know, if, if you just do like the broad strokes of applied, much like <laughs> callback, much like uh, Formula Alchemist, yeah. you can go in a, you can go in another direction with the same story, and you know. Uh, I won't say get good mileage out of it because that sounds way, way more usury and utilitarian than I mean. But, Explore a um, whole other right, right. You can, you can open up new doors. Mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah, I, it, the rumor is that they're going to make an animated movie after this that's going to go back into the original uh, universe of the the four guys. You know, right? An animated the, movie. Yeah, that's I don't the understand rumor. why the four original universe was. So good though. I mean, it was great and it's a good, great comedic movie. But like, well, it was it... also it, it. It was it was one of the first to do something that you know you've seen done a hundred times, which is mm. the blending of like the fantastic kind of sci-fi and a little bit of horror and comedy, yeah. which mm. hadn't really been done. You know, unless you want to, unless you want to count like Rocky Horror, and you should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, it was yeah, just like it, at the right time, kind of thing. It yeah. was. It was. It was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I would say that's. It, well, also, it, you it, got people that are my age that have such an affection for it because we not only had the two movies, but we had the cartoon series that we watched every day. And really got attached to the characters and the stories and all that kind of stuff. And played with the toys. I had all these toys and all this, you know. So when I heard they were making Ghostbusters, I had been hoping, you know, reading for years that they're, well, maybe they're going to make Ghostbusters 3, maybe they're not. Bill Murray's not on board, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then they finally decide, no, we're not going to do Ghostbusters 3. We're going to do a new movie, and it's going to be these girls, and it's going to be something 
new and it, but all the original guys except uh, you know except for Egon because Harold Ramis died a couple of years ago but um, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray are going to be in the movie as cameos but they're not playing their original characters you know so that, that doesn't bother me I was kind of yeah you know, they're yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked before. Like, I, I, I gotta see it in context. You know, I, I gotta see, I gotta see what they do with it before I decide if it sucks yeah. or not. Like, no one was as offended by like the Terminator reboot, probably the multiple of them. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, they were offended after the fact, but not so much before the fact. Yeah. Well, it's also like Phantom Menace. You know, when we went to see Phantom Menace, we loved it when we watched it in the theater, and then you know, five years later, we started talking about how awful it was. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, you liked it when you saw it. <laughs> well, I liked. I I would say I'm consistent on Phantom Menace. I like. I still like the things that I liked, and I still hate the things that I hated. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know. Well, yeah, that's another episode about the internet culture. And how everything sucks. It's basically, you know, <laughs> it's basically just tribes, just warring tribes online waiting for something to fight about. Yeah, you do have trolls that want to hate every single thing that comes out, you know. Yeah. That's like, I mean, the, the Ghostbusters trailer, people have gone on and made it the most disliked video of all time on YouTube. <laughs> just, just because they hate the fact that they made the movie. People right. are actually going and making YouTube accounts just so they can go dislike that one video. You know, like, you people, I don't have enough time to hate something that bad. I know, <laughs> I know. I have, I have, you know, a family I've got to go provide for. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, right, guys, I appreciate it. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hang up and I'll, uh, let you guys go to bed. I'm going to bed too and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys. I'm actually probably gonna get something to eat and then. Maybe I'll have breakfast. All right. No. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. What's happening to me? Are you okay? Huh? Now I'm seeing ducks? Oh, man. i got to get off of these drugs. Drugs? Oh, bad news, Michael. Why don't you just say no? Well, maybe it's because I don't want to. Maybe it's because you don't know how. That's sure how to say no. Well, you look like some fine lad. You know, I might have something here you'd like to try. Something to make you feel real good. Better learn a few and take them wherever you go.
something you never have to roll. When you pound things, lift your bricks. Go on, pushy, check, protect yourself. Be the first one on your block to say. Forget it, dog. 